The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save. And save and win. Are you working? What kind of work do you do? This is the Punt and Pass Podcast. Touchdown, baby! Now, here are your hosts, two-time All-American punter Drew Butler. Mark Rick would like Drew Butler to hit it a mile in the air. And he did and the SEC's career leader in touchdown passes and completions, Aaron Murray. Touchdown! In stride as he crosses the goal line. Put it right on his hip. What a throw. Now with the latest from around the SEC and the world of college football, it's the Punt and Pass Podcast. Get to the house! Sideline! Pylon! Touchdown! And the dogs are on the board first. Victory is mine. Yeah, surprisingly, I've been lame. Welcome into the Punt and Pass podcast. I'm your host, Drew Butler, joined as always by my co-host, Aaron Murray. And we are heading into week eight. We are halfway through the 2019 college football season. And we have a special episode of Punt and Pass Right here, right now, just for our listeners, we're going to give you our little mid-season award show, mid-season review, second half of the season preview, and we've got some breaking news to start the show off. Am I about to lose my co-host for the second straight season? What is going on? Aaron Murray, Tampa Bay Vipers quarterback of the XFL. That's right. You heard it correctly. My man Murray, back in the saddle, the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Aaron, talk to me. Tell us what's going on, and congratulations, my man. Thank you, thank you. Yes, we'll be going down to Tampa. I actually have a – so we have a little mini camp in December. Uh, we'll go down to Tampa for that, and then we'll have another kind of a preseason legitimate kind of mini camp starting in January. And then first game, it's February 8th. I mean, it's – I don't know what four months till go time. It's Three quick. months, four months, whatever it is. It's like holy! I was up this morning at five thirty, getting my little uh, uh, workout session in before I jumped on a plane all the way to Hawaii. So I gotta, t- I gotta get it whenever I can. Now it's like five, six, seven days uh, a week kind of stuff. Uh, I gotta get in shape. I do. I gotta get, my, I gotta get my butt going, get ready to go. No question. So you are obviously CBS Sports analyst. You call games every weekend. Everybody watched you calling the Auburn-Texas A&M game, and you played for the Alliance League just a couple of months ago. How is this different? I mean, I'm just asking you as your best friend. I would consider you my best friend. I want to know how this is different because I'm going to support you. I'm going to watch you. If I can come to a game, I'm going to come to a game. I want to know, and I want our listeners to know, how is this going to be different, and, and why are you doing it? Because we all know you love football. We're excited for you, most importantly. Well, the good thing is, once again, it doesn't mess with my CBS schedule. So I, I don't miss any games. Yeah. That's a good thing. So, And I'm from Tampa. We, everyone knows I'm from Tampa, so I get to go home, kind of be near family and friends, which would be kind of cool. And I think it's going to be different in the fact that that Vic, Vince McMahon, the, the, the guy that runs the WWE, everyone knows his face. Everyone knows how well he is when it comes to entertainment and getting people excited about just live TV and going to events, all that good stuff. And he's using his own money. 
you know, the AAF, the issue was they were getting all this outside funding, and all of a sudden, week one, the major donors are like, you oh, maybe we don't, have, we, <laughs> we, don't, we don't have the money. Yeah. They just weren't vetted out properly where you know the money's there. It's uh, I think the biggest thing, too, not only that, is the fact that it's going to be on major television networks. It's not going to be ESPN, you know, kind of hidden away. It's going to be every week there's going to be a game on Fox, ABC, and ESPN. Sweet. Every single Saturday and Sunday. So it's going to be hopefully getting in, in a bigger crowd. But the AF was getting viewership. I mean, talking to my boss at CBS, like, listen, half a million people are tuning in to watch these games. So people want to watch this. Uh, people want football all year long so i think there's a good quality there's good coaches really excited about my coach uh my old coaching staff and i think i think it'll be fun i think they kind of learned a little bit about what to do what not to do when kind of studying the aaf and and we'll see if they can make some improvements this spring go out there and, and, and put a good show on for everyone awesome well hey if you need anything if you need anything from a viewership standpoint from a fandom standpoint you come right back here to your roots the punt and pass podcast and we will get it going for the xfl we can break maybe down a couple xfl games let's go maybe we we'll be the pod official podcast of the xfl T- show me some of that vince mcmahon money and i will do a song and dance yes. for whatever he wants that is a fact well and and again you said you're from tampa but you're currently in waikiki honolulu oahu hawaii aloha to you my friend you're calling a game at Hawaii this weekend, the beauty of podcasting. I am in Johns Creek, Georgia. It is currently 12.15 a.m. Friday morning, we're doing this because we love punt and pass. I am fresh off a of dinner at from the Southern Gentleman in Buckhead. This is a non-paid advertisement. Southern Gentleman is an awesome, awesome restaurant. Alex, the manager there, total stud. We had a great time. So we're doing this, and we're doing a mid-season review Second half of the season preview episode of Punt and Pass. That's correct. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Punt and Pass. Aaron is at Aaron Murray 11. I am at Drew Butler 13. All right, let's give out some midseason awards. Then we'll pick some games for Punt, Pass, and Pick. Obviously, you and I are well above 50% against the spread this season. We're both doing really well. We've got five games on the slate for week eight. But where I want to go first is I want to give out the Heisman Trophy after seven weeks of the season. I'm going to ask you who you're going to give the Heisman to. I think you and I might have the same answer. If we do have the same answer, I might go in a different direction, but I will give you the floor. Aaron Murray, the SEC's all-time leader in career passing yards and touchdowns, who is your Heisman Trophy winner for the 2019? You, 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 know, you know who it is, Drew. You know who it is. It's Joe it is. Burrow. Yes. It's Joe Freaking yes. Burrow, my man, has been every single game this year on fire against good defenses, against sorry defense. I, I don't care. You go put an NFL defense against him, against him in that offense right now. They may be able to score some points. They're they're that good, and it starts obviously with the new system and and giving him the ability to go out there and do his thing. But he has to go out there and execute, and he is every single week. That man is executing and he's going to have his moments. I mean, there's plenty of games for him. Obviously you go to Alabama, going to be primetime 3:30 CBS. You win that sure. football game and you ball out and then you go and play Auburn and you win that football game. And then you go in the SEC championship game and you win that. So if he does what he can do and this team gets to the destination that they, they want to get to, 
he wins, and I honestly think the winner of the Alabama LSU game is going to win the win the Heisman. Okay, I, I, think I agree those, I think with that, you 100. I, I think a that, great. Yes, I think that I think that knocks one out and yep. puts the other one into because a because really it is good, the best player on the best team. It is. It's and, and and that person gets an extra opportunity to be on center stage SEC in the biggest game. in the big in the biggest conference championship game, and that's the SEC game. So that is that that's another thing. You get more eyes on you which is always a good thing. Jalen is doing well, but Jalen, the, the only issue is Jalen Hurts at Oklahoma. He's not going to really be in any like Heisman-worthy games going forward. They yeah. had their moment versus Texas. He played well. He's going to play well the rest of the season. He will put up Heisman-like numbers, but no one's going to watch those games. Like Those games aren't going to be exciting when there's not going to be that Heisman moment that is like, holy smokes, he just took it away right there. And even versus Texas this past week, the biggest takeaway I took away was not how well Jalen played. It was how well Oklahoma's defense played. That's what I was saying after that football game. So I just don't think he's, like I said, he's not going to have enough of those star-like moments to to jump a Tua or to jump um, Joe Burrow. Yeah. And then the only other one, there's two Justin more. You got Justin Fields, who's going to have plenty of opportunities. And then Jonathan Taylor, Taylor. Wisconsin goes out there. Out. And that's another game in two, in, in two weeks. Those two guys face off. One will get knocked out, and one will kind of solidify himself as a possible third candidate going to New York. All right, so I am a professional when it comes to broadcasting, so I have Joe Burrow statistics right here for you, Aaron, because I have chosen Joe Burrow as my Heisman Trophy winner through seven weeks as well. Get this. You're a quarterback. When I read these statistics out, I want you to give me one word after each statistic, Aaron. Ready? Joe Burrow's completion percentage is 79.6%. Unheard of. <laughs> He's thrown for 2,157 yards in seven weeks. Sexy. 25 touchdowns. Super sexy. Only three interceptions. I like it. Okay, Decent. only three Decent. interceptions, two Decent. rushing it's touchdowns. Good. They won at number nine, Texas. He just beat number seven, Florida at home. Still has to play. Number 11, Auburn, at home in Death Valley. They go to Tuscaloosa November the 9th, and if they win that game, they'll be playing in the SEC Championship game. This is your Heisman Trophy winner. When you watch him on the field, he's better than Tua Tungabailoa. Tua's wide receivers are wide-ass open. Look, I understand how good his wide receivers are. I understand how good Steve Sarkeesian's been calling that offense. Yes, they've got much better talent across the board against any defense they play. I'm talking about Alabama here. Joe Burrow has done more for his offense. He has been more valuable to his offense than Tua Tungavailoa has been to Alabama through seven weeks. We will find out, like you just said, Aaron, whoever wins that game in Tuscaloosa, LSU-Alabama, will be in the driver's seat for the Heisman Trophy. But you and I are in agreement for the Heisman Trophy winner through seven weeks. Marquee wins, marquee stats, moxie to go with it and fantastic fantastic talent joe burrow is your heisman trophy winner through seven weeks and disclaimer for our listeners i did not vet aaron on any of these questions i came off a of dinner it's 12 30 a.m on a freaking friday morning thursday night we're doing this for the love of the game our next question who is your coach of the year aaron we've seen some pretty good storylines through seven weeks 
who is your coach of the year? Because I know for a fact you and I will have different answers here. Through seven weeks, coach of the year, 2019 college football season. I'm going with Ryan Day on this one. Oh, no. I'm going with Ryan Day. I thought you were going to go Dan Mullen. I thought I was. I thought. (laughs) (laughs) No. Damn it. I lost you for a second. Just say, just keep going, Ryan Day. Yeah. I'm going Ryan Day. I just think he took over first year head coach. He said, Oh, listen, he had the opportunity last year. He's returning all this talent this year, but he still is a first year starter at, at the quarterback position, Justin Fields, who's playing out of his mind. And then the difference in the defense to me is the biggest thing. I mean, he really changed the mindset of that defense as a head coach saying, listen, boys, last year wasn't good enough. We got our butts spanked on the defense side of the football. We must be better. We are too good on this side when it comes to talent to be giving up 30, 40, 50 points a game. So as a full team, and you know how much I've been kind of pumping Ohio State these past couple of weeks, I think they're the best team in the country. They are extremely well coached. We're going to get to see, everyone's going to get to see them on Friday night tomorrow. I don't know. I think they're the only game, or maybe there's a couple ones, but in their time slot, everyone will be watching that football game. You know, some will be cheering and seeing, hoping they, they kind of take a step back. But I just think they're too good. They're too focused. They're too well coached. And I think if Ryan Day beats Wisconsin, if they beat Penn State, if they beat Michigan, if they then beat Wisconsin again in the Big Ten championship game, I think he's definitely going to be and has a legitimate chance to be coach of the year. It's wow. because what are you going to do? You're going to give it to, to – we're going to give it to Nick Saban. Well, You're going to give it to Dabo. you got to ask me the question and, and, first, Aaron. And, and, I haven't told and you I my know answer say, Who I, am I, I going to say? And O. Oh, how'd you know? Did you read my notes? No, because you I my notes. See, as I was thinking of like what other coaches can get it, I told, for some reason I totally forgot about Ed Overdrawn. I would say if both teams are undefeated, I would go with Ed O actually okay. over Ryan Day. But right now, Ryan Day. Okay, so you and I know each other way too well. That's the key here. Because you know exactly where I'm going. Aaron Murray selects Ryan Day as his coach of the year. I was on stadium today. Michael Kim selected Matt Rule at Baylor, undefeated yeah. Baylor through seven weeks. And I told him, I go, talk to me in four weeks. Baylor's going might have three losses in four weeks. That's not a legitimate pick, I don't think. Your coach of the year through seven weeks is Ed Orgeron. And that is the most mind-blowing thing that I've ever said in my life. But listen to me. The reason why Coach O is your coach of the year through seven weeks is because one 29-year-old guy named Joe Brady. And I think Joe actually just turned 30. Aaron, I'm 30. You're not quite 30 yet. But the fact that Joe Brady has gotten so much credit and much deserved credit, I think it falls into Coach O's hands. Because let's think about one thing. Our alma mater, the University of Georgia, was looking for an offensive coordinator in January this year. I don't know if Kirby called Joe Brady. I don't know how many guys were looking at Joe Brady, but Ed Ogeron had the foresight to call Joe Brady, this young guy, passing game coordinator, who had been working with the New Orleans Saints for the past 12 months, and said, hey, come run my offense. That is one reason why Coach O should be your coach of the year. That offense the anemic LSU offense of years mm-hmm. past is averaging 52.5 points per game. They've had two top 10 primetime wins. They have the Heisman front runner that we just talked about. 
and Ed O has a chance to cement himself as the coach of the year with games coming up against Auburn at Alabama and in the SEC championship game. I just think through seven weeks, there is no better resume than what Coach O has done. And I will be the first one to tell you right here on Punt and Pass in three weeks that the coaching mismatch between Saban and Edo is insane. And I will choose Saban 10 times out of 10 in that game. But right now through seven weeks, I'm rolling with Coach O. So you say Ryan Day. I say Coach O. And it leads me into my next question where we might be thinking the same thing. And again... We did not ask each other these questions before this recording started, but I want to know your surprise storyline through seven weeks of the college football season because I have one written down. I've got all my statistics written down again because I'm a professional. What is your surprise storyline through seven weeks, Aaron Murray? My surprise storyline would be, oh, man, um, I'm a little bit surprised, honestly, and I, I'm not going to dog him on this one. I'm not going to get, you know, kind of just keep pounding him in because they've been kind of pounding. They've been kind of beat. Be, is Tennessee a little bit? Oh um, wow! Just because you you're coming off a year where you, you you got the five wins, you're feeling good. You got some. You're feeling like you're building some depth on that side of the, on both sides of the football. Jeremy Pruitt is is kind of what he wants his team to look like it's 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 building in that direction and all of a sudden you come in you lose your first two games against Georgia State and BYU and they first they got, finally got their first conference win last week i still think they're a long way away i thought they were going to take at least a step forward this season maybe two steps forward because Jim Chaney is a good OC he's not 1.6 million dollars good but he's a good OC but to me they're kind of the same team as they were last year and if not maybe even a little bit worse that is a good pick. Um, I did not expect you going in that route, but your hatred for Tennessee runs deep. No, it's not hatred. But I know I'm giving you a hard time. I had higher expectations from heading into the season. All right, it's not one of our picks for punt, pass, and pick, but Tennessee is a 34 and a half point underdog this weekend against Alabama. That's a shitload of points. Ooh. 34 and a half, dude. Give me a quick yes or no. 34 yes. and a half. Take the points or Take Alabama covers. Alabama covers. Oh, so you're going to say Alabama beats him by 35 points. Yes. Wow. All right. You don't think so. I don't know. I just think that's a lot, a lot, a lot of points. It's at Alabama. Oh, that's five touchdowns. I know. Georgia beat him by what? Four. What did Georgia win by? 43. They won 43-10. Yeah. And Alabama's offense is a lot better than Georgia's offense. All right, all right. And and it's at Alabama. Murray's surprise storyline, the shittiness of Tennessee, which I, I cannot argue with you because you bring up a great point. It was not even on my radar. I was going in more of a positive light, and this was my second candidate for coach of the year, and he very well may end up being my coach of the year. Aaron, it's Paul Christ in Wisconsin. Wisconsin is absolutely dominating every team that they play against, and I don't know why you and I don't bet on them every single freaking week. Here you go. Are you ready for some statistics? Give me, give me some juiciness. Wisconsin's defensive rankings, right? They've had four shutouts in six games, and if you're a novice oh. in football or a novice in life with your head under a rock, that means four out of six games nobody has scored one point against them. They are ranked number one in total defense, 
number one in scoring defense, number one in passing yards allowed, number one in rushing defense, number one in third down defense, number two in red zone defense, and their running back, Jonathan Taylor, number one in rushing touchdowns with 14, and number three in the nation with rushing yards per game. Those are all national rankings wisconsin is absolutely crushing it right now and you and i have said since we started this podcast in july of 2017 that the run game and defense travels i cannot wait for ohio state and wisconsin to play october 26th and i cannot wait until the rematch in the big 10 championship game because it will probably decide a college football playoff spot finally for the Big Ten. So Wisconsin is a lot of fun to watch. They shut out teams. They run the ball well. Jonathan Taylor is a total stud. Paul Christ, great head coach. Jim Leonard, defensive coordinator, former defensive back in the NFL, probably will be a head coach somewhere. Next year, that's my surprise storyline. I talked about how that Wisconsin-Ohio State game in the Big Ten championship may decide a college football playoff spot. That leads me to my last midseason question, Aaron Murray. Give me your top four through the first seven weeks of the season, and I hope we don't have the same top four. I don't think we will, but I need the top four teams right now in no specific order. Who's going to no, play? I'll, I'll give you two in the order, too. I'm, I'm going Please. one Ohio State. Wow. One Ohio State. Two. Number two is going to be Alabama. Okay. Three LSU. How is that even possible? What? Bama LSU two three. So Bama wins the SEC championship. LSU sits out. Tell me, you're saying as of right now? I, I thought. No, I want to know who's going to go. Oh, you only saying who's going? Okay, never mind. My apologies. There, I thought you said as of right now, who's who would be in your top I four? Mean, I, yeah, week seven. Yeah, I mean, give me. Okay, give me who's let's going go. I'm going to give it to you. Who's going in the playoff? Uh, I got Oklahoma's going in, okay. Clemson's going in, Ohio State's going in, and Alabama's going in. Wow. All right. I like that. So one SEC team. So we're going four conferences, Big 12, um, ACC. Because Oklahoma, Oklahoma and Clemson are in. You, you, you know that. That's two spots are taken right there. So you and don't I, think Oklahoma will have one slip-up game? I just don't know who against who. You're right. There's no one on their schedule right now. They're 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 gonna have to have a massive screw up to in order to lose a football game. Like they they just there's no one left. And even if they play Texas in the championship game in their conference, they're a lot better team than Texas. They can have a decent game and I think it still beat Texas. They're just there's no one on their level right now. I think Ohio State will play a close game versus Wisconsin. I think that's that's the only one that scares me. You think they can beat them twice? That's the issue, beating them twice. It's always tough to beat someone twice in a season. I worry about that, but I still think that they're the best team in that conference right now. Uh, They get Wisconsin at home, which does help out that first go-around. I just think Alabama's offense right now with those receivers like you talked about, LSU's defense has shown me nothing. And and right now, being at Alabama, LSU obviously hasn't been able to get that monkey off their back. I think Alabama, that offense, can score a ton of points versus LSU. I, and, and you you call me crazy, but I think that game is going to be a, a, in the 70s and you 80s really total think points. So. I really think so right I now. Based bet on my, I literally may bet my mortgage on the under in that game, depending we'll bet on each what comes we'll out. Bet, we'll, we'll bet each other's mortgages. How about that? <laughs> I win, you pay mine one month, Gladly. you win, I'll pay yours. <laughs> Gladly. 
That's a deal. That's a deal. That's a punt and pass promise right there. So Murray's top four, end of the season, in no particular order. Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. Did I get that correct? That's that's it right there. Right. Those are the teams going in. Here are mine. Are you ready? Let's go. Clemson, they're in. I mean, yep. there's no doubt about it. They're not losing a game. Their schedule's a total joke. They're fine. They're in. Yes. They're going to win the ACC championship game by 40 points. They are in. Wisconsin. I'm taking Wisconsin. I really am taking Wisconsin. I cannot wait to see what Jim Leonard lines up for Justin Fields. These guys don't let points scored against them, and they score on defense. Cannot wait to see that game. Can they beat Ohio State twice? You know what? I think they might get beat by Ohio State in Columbus and then beat them in the Big Ten Championship game to get in. Does that make sense? So would you take would you take a one loss Wisconsin yes. conference champion over well, a one loss LSU? You're skipping in front of me because I'm telling you that Oklahoma's gonna lose a game. Oh wow. Big twelve's out. To who? Big twelve's out. I don't know. They might lose to Texas in the Big Twelve no. championship game, but I think the Big Twelve might be out. Listen to me. Do not patronize me. Listen to me, Aaron. Clemson, yeah. Wisconsin, and I think there could be there could maybe be a Pac-12 team getting in. I think Oregon. Oregon, could run the table. I can see that. Okay, so I'm throwing Oregon in, and then I'm gonna go Alabama. I, I think Alabama beats LSU, and then Alabama's offense, if they play Georgia's defense in the SEC championship, or if they play Florida's defense in the SEC championship game, they're just gonna spread them out and throw it all over the yard. So I'm going to go Alabama. Here are my four. Clemson, Wisconsin, Oregon, Alabama. It will be the lowest-rated college football playoffs of all time. But that's how it's looking to me right now. So Aaron's is Oklahoma, Clemson, Ohio State, Alabama. Drew's, mine, Clemson, Wisconsin, Oregon, Alabama. God, mine sounds so much sexier than yours. Yours Yours And I think there could be snoozers. I really do think there could be two SEC teams still in. I really do think that. Call me crazy. Call. I think. I think. I. Because SEC, we we can count. We both agree. Clemson's in, and there's one SEC team in. So that's two slots there. Correct. We. I think. Pack. I think Oregon needs to lose another game. And I think very well could. They will. And if Oregon or Oklahoma, excuse me, I think if Oklahoma loses one game, they are out. Agreed, a hundred percent. Where Ohio State or Wisconsin, if they win their championship and only have one loss, I would still put one of them in there, Agreed based on how 100%. tough that conference is. Yes, yes. So Oklahoma does not have the ability to lose, and neither does Oregon right now. The rest yep. of the way, and I think that's probably what leads me to believe that could two SEC teams slide in. Yes, they most certainly could. Will it happen? It's all dependent on what's going to go down in these next few weeks, and it's going to be a ton of fun, a ton of fun to watch. All right, let's get some picks out. We're not really going to break down these games. This weekend's slate is it is what it is. Aaron's in Hawaii. He's he's tired. Here we go. You ready? First off. I know. It's like it's still light outside. I'm, I'm like I'm about to pass out right punt, now. Punt, pass, and pick. I'm 24-12-1. That is damn good against the yeah. spread and we put them really out every good. week people we're not lying to you we put them out every week and aaron's 2016 and one he is in a great spot as well we've got five games for you and we're starting you off 
with a little Friday night special. Ohio State is going to Evanston on Friday night in Evanston, Illinois, against Northwestern. They are a 27-and-a-half-point favorite, Aaron. You God, these games scare the crap out of Monday me. Monday night for a studio, a company called Campus Lore. We talked to Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin was a wide receiver at Ohio State. He's now with the Washington Redskins. And we asked him, we said, what game gives you most concern on Ohio State's schedule? And he told us. That Northwestern game in Evanston, shitty place to play, low energy, Friday night, throws you off your gears. Ohio State giving up 27.5. Talk to me, boss. What's going to happen? Uh, I like Ohio State. Northwestern to has cover? Z- yeah. Ohio- Northwestern has no offense. I'm telling you, no offense. I can see Ohio State getting a defensive score in this football game. I see, I see Northwestern scoring maybe 10 points. Okay. Give me 10 points for Northwestern, and Ohio State scores about 40 points. I like look, that. Look at North, Northwestern has scored points against anyone this year. I know. The only team they've scored points on is UNLV, and UNLV stinks. The only team UNLV can beat is Vanderbilt, for goodness sake. So, I, see, I see turnovers, I see, I see low energy, and I see a close game. I like Northwestern. A close points. game. All right. I mean, a close game being 20 points. I mean, give yeah. me a seven and a half point buffer. I, I like Northwestern here at home. Give me a home dog with almost 30 points every day of the week. Aaron, you said it best. Though. Not Northwestern. Logically, though. Northwestern's offense can't score. Logically, Ohio State scores 40. Northwestern scores seven to 10 and you cover. Yeah. I'm taking Northwestern. Aaron's on Ohio State. There you go. All right. Next Boom. game, Georgia. The anomaly of Georgia right now. They are, shockingly to me, a 25-point favorite against Kentucky at home. The game is at 6 p.m., Aaron, on Saturday. The weather in Georgia. You're in Hawaii right now in Waikiki. The weather in Georgia on Saturday, 55 degrees and rainy, which means two things. One, low energy from the fans, and two, low enthusiasm from the players. This worries me. I am going to lay the points here. I think Georgia wins and covers. Kentucky sucks. Terry Bowden, yes, former wide receiver, can run around. Kentucky thinks they are in a good spot because Georgia lost a week ago. I think Georgia wins this game going away. I think it's a quick start for the Bulldogs, which is much needed. I'm going to lay the 25 reluctantly. This is a ton of points, though. Vegas, why are you doing this? Aaron, tell me That's a lot of points. I'm I'm going with uh, Kentucky. will cover here. Lynn Bowden, who is the quarterback. What did last I say? Year, Terry Bowden. So. Yeah, you said Terry, yes. Lynn Bowden. I was impressed. I went back and watched the film of him, and he runs the ball really good. I mean, he is a heck of a playmaker. It's kind of like a triple option. So Georgia has one week to prepare for a triple option type attack. It's tough. It's different. It's not what you're kind of used to seeing from an offense. So, and then Kentucky's offense line is pretty darn good. So I think they're going to be able to get the run game going enough to just eat up the clock. I think that's their goal. Eat up the clock, eat up the clock, slow the pace of the game down, cut Georgia's possessions by two or three, and see if you can make it a closer game in the fourth quarter. Georgia wins this game. Uh, I think they're going to be able to— You said that last week. You said that last week. What? That Georgia was going to win the game. So tell the people— Everyone said that, that too, though. Georgia, because Kentucky's defense can't stop the run. I think that's the biggest thing. Georgia, Georgia will be able to run against Kentucky. Kentucky will have some success running the ball as well. 
think it's back and forth. I think the clock is going to fly. I'm telling you, the clock Quick will game. fly in this game. So that's why I don't think Georgia's going to have enough possessions to get to that 25-point spread. So that's why I like Kentucky with this one. All right, slowing the game down, taking a couple of possessions away, just off time of possession. Murray likes Kentucky with 25 points, which, again, is a ton of points. But obviously ton of points. he likes Georgia to win. All right, I think the most confusing line to me this week is Florida at South Carolina. Aaron, Florida obviously got beat up by LSU last weekend. Tough physical game. They played well until Mullen started putting Emory Jones in the game. We both don't know why that happened. Silly, they silly. go to Columbia. It's a noon game, which again shocked me. I thought it'd be 3.30 on CBS. It opened at 6. It's gotten down to 4.5. Sitting at 5 points now. Florida is a favorite. I really have zero feel on this game. The only thing that would make me want to take South Carolina is, one, Helinski's playing, and two, Florida's traveling for the second week in a row, and man, that game versus LSU was physical last week. Is this going to be close, or does Florida get right and then head into the bye week to get ready for the Georgia game? Oh, man. Um, and then don't forget, South Carolina's feeling pretty damn good after going to Georgia and winning, so they're coming home. Fans are going to be loud. They're going to be excited to be back. Um, and Florida's banged up a little bit. They definitely got banged up for LSU, especially the defensive side of the football. So give me South Carolina the points here. I like Kalinsky. I like I like Kalinsky. Like, like like Thank you. We both know how tough a place it is to play there. Yep. So yep. I think they're going to be bringing the energy. Yep. Give me South Carolina. I think they're they're feeling good right now. Aaron, you and I have never been better friends. Eighty percent of public money is on Florida. I think this is a contrarian play. If you ever played in Williams Bryce Stadium, it is a it bitch sucks. to play in. It sucks. South Carolina getting five at home is a great play. And you know what? Drew Butler's flipped the field, free pick of the week. South Carolina Baby. plus five at Willie B, noon game. That's it right there. South Carolina plus five. Murray and I are on the same side. We're going to call that. The Aaron Murray lock of the week slash Drew Butler flip the field free pick flip of the week. Let's flip it up. That is our pick of the week. Just crazy line to me, and I have to jump on it. That's it. Two more games. Pac-12, Oregon is at Washington and Seattle. They're a three-point favorite. This is a battle of two great quarterbacks, Justin Herbert, Jacob Eason. Oregon has to win. They have to win. Their defense is nasty. I'm taking Oregon. Lay the three. Oregon. I am too. And Washington's offense has been very kind of up and down. Pedestrian. I mean, they, they, yeah, they, they scored a bunch of points versus Arizona, but two weeks ago versus Stanford, they didn't play really well. USC played well, didn't score a ton of points. I just think there's, it's, it's, you just don't know what you're going to get from them. If they were just a little bit more consistent, you'd have some faith, especially at home versus Oregon. But Oregon offensively is hitting it. Justin Herbert's playing the best I've ever seen him play. You said the defense is kicking ass right now. So uh, give me, give me Oregon with the points here. All righty, we're on the same side there. Oregon laying three. They should cover that one. Last game, and I'll let you go. I know you got to go get to a luau or something out in Waikiki. Michigan is heading to Penn State. God bless. Coach Harbaugh needs a win in the worst way possible. They're both in the top 25. Michigan is catching nine. Penn State, nine-point favorite. This is a whiteout game, 7.30 p.m., in Happy Valley, you know what it's going to look like. It's going to be live in the atmosphere. I'm going to go contrarian here. Give me 
the nine points. I think this game could be closer than what you think. I think you may see some turnovers. I just want the nine points. Penn State's going to win. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. Give me the nine points, please. Thank you, ma'am. Michigan covers here. Aaron, I think you might be on the other side. No, I, I like that pick. You know, go back to That's last week. That's a lot week. of I, points. It is. I mean, and then I don't know. This I'm torn on this one because I, I still don't know how good Penn State is based on their schedule. Iowa is 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 decent. They're they're okay. Good defense, no offense at all. So I don't. That was a good win last week, especially at Iowa for Penn State. But still, not we. I really don't know what this team's like. This is going to be if they win this one, they're like, okay, this team's legitimate. They have an opportunity to maybe make some noise in that conference. It's going to come down to Shea Patterson once again. Can Shea Patterson take care of the football? Can the defense play like the way they've been playing these past three three weeks? Uh, for Michigan Wolverines, I don't see him getting done. Give me Penn State. All right. I think Shea, I think Shea's going to turn the ball over a couple of times. He just he just doesn't have it this year. Just as he really doesn't. He, he really does doesn't. I'm, I'm leaning on the defense, hoping they make something happen. Give me a defense or special team score, and we'll cover that nine. But if not, could be a long day for the Wolverines, and Coach Harbaugh could be looking for a job. Back in the NFL, Aaron, this episode took a little bit longer than I expected, but I appreciate your willingness to jump on board all the way out, six hours across the pond on the west side in Hawaii. Anything on the way out, my man? No, man, I just got to study some of these names a little bit more before my game. Give me your best name right now. What's the best name you got in the vocab right now? Yeah, let me pull up my uh, my depth chart at the moment. There's put a good me, one. Put me a here. name on the uh, screen, and I'll say it out loud for you. Give me uh, the you want to say one? one? Got, yeah. Well, the thing is, I've already I've already broken them out. So, can you see this one? You can't see it, can you? Uh, no, you bless, can't see, I see it. Blessman something. Blessman Tuaa. Kaimana Padeno. Kaimana Darius Muasa. Put that up on the camera. I want to see that. I want to see that. <laughs> There's. Kaylee Ili K. Kaylee Ili K. No, so number 44 is Hey Kaylee Kaylee Ili K. <laughs> Say that one more time for me. And then number 58 is Joey Nu Kui Iki. Say that one more time for me. Joey Nu Kui Iki. He's a wide receiver? No, he's a he's a uh, backup offense lineman. And then their starting center, number 63, Taga. All right, so quarterback makes a great pass, and the center just shoves out the shade technique. What's his name? <laughs> Tuuga Tuuli Ima. Yeah. All right. Shout out break. Hawaii. I mean, mine are. I don't even spell the names for this team for Hawaii. I'm all broken out on this thing. I just, love Hawaii, and I love the island. Dude, of Maui. I love their offense. Absolutely. All right, Aaron. I appreciate you. I'll get. I'll let you get some sleep. I'll let you get some study time. Congratulations study time. on being the quarterback for the Tampa Bay Vipers. Congratulations Let's go. for continuing to be the better half of the Punt and Pass podcast. We all love you. And to our listeners, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Punt and Pass. Aaron is at Aaron Murray eleven. I am at Drew Butler thirteen. And Aaron will be flying back from Hawaii on Sunday. So we'll talk to you on Monday, hopefully, maybe Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everybody. See you.